0: treat people with respect. They have challenges. They want to work with somebody that actually cares about them. And they see us. They know what we're after. And when we actually show we care, actually concerned about their welfare, the welfare of their company, and let them make a decision to buy versus trying to close, then we're bringing sales into a dignified world.
1: Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bob Woods, Chief marketing officer at Social Sales Link, where we train and coach both individuals and sales teams on converting connections to sales conversations through the power of LinkedIn without being salesy. And I think our mission of not being salesy while using social is important, not only in general, but specifically with what our guest this week both teaches and really believes in. His name is Harry Spate, and he's all about selling with dignity which also happens to be the name of his book. And we'll talk about that a little later in today's episode. So as sales pros, our desire is to build relationships and to have clients for life or, you know, it should be. However, we as salespeople don't seem to have time to do this anymore because we become very focused on sales and numbers and all that junk while missing the important part, which is people. After all, companies don't buy people buy. the primary objective, is to provide value for our prospects and customers. So Harry Spate, our guest today, says now is the time to change your approach and direct it towards building a positive relationship and serving customers, clients, whatever you want, to, whatever your company calls them. Uh, the sales will follow, which is something we say and wholeheartedly believe in at Social Sales Link too. It's always good to speak with someone who's really in sync with what we do. So, Harry, welcome to Making Sales Social.
0: Oh, my goodness, Bob. We are so aligned. I think uh, <laughs> you could finish writing or finish my <laughs> sentences while I'm speaking. And I have—I mean, its it's great. I just love it. This is exactly what you said. So, social selling, I can't wait to get into that topic because I had such a bad understanding of what that was. Okay, uh, and I've learned over the years, so uh, I'm looking to learn, and if I can provide value for y- you and your listeners, I'm happy to do so, my friend.
1: I have no doubt that there's going to be all kinds of value delivered <laughs> in, in in today's episode. This this is going to be fun. So so let's get started. Uh, just uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Harry.
0: Sure. I mean, I've got a very interesting background for uh, like two people in the world. Uh, My wife would be one of them and one of my three kids, maybe. So I wasn't always in sales. So a lot of people who do what I'm doing, right, is helping others be in sales. They were born and raised (laughs) around sales and they got into sales right out of college, became trainers and started businesses. Well, first of all, I didn't go to college. Uh, out of high school I decided that I wanted to become more spiritual and I became a missionary and with that lifestyle I uh, ended up spending the next 15 or so years being a missionary and my wife and I eventually we met got married we lived a couple of years in the Dominican Republic so I take a lot of those experiences from the mission world and apply them to sales so I come in sales, come to sales, really coming from a place of serving others. And that's really what the whole book is about. That's what I'm about. It's all about serving. So what's your thought on that craziness?
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's funny you say that because um, my, my dad is a manufacturer's rep, so he was definitely in sales. Uh, I actually started out in journalism before eventually moving to marketing and then sales and the sales and marketing thing that I have going wow. on now. But um, but but with journalism, I always say that so many of those journalism skills transfer over to sales. And, and it sounds like that that you've kind of done the the same thing with that. Idea of uh, of serving customers because because you serve people in in a very different way. Yet there's a lot of really um, great ideas that can easily be be brought over too. And I right. guess that that leads into my next question. So um, in in coming up with this with this whole selling with dignity um, idea and and what you do. Was there was there ever a big aha moment for you, or or was this kind of like a, a building thing, especially as you moved over to sales and you started really getting involved with it?
0: Yeah, I mean, so coming from the mission field, so this I'll try not to make this a long long answer, but coming from the mission field, I was introduced to a sales bullpen, and. To me, there is nothing more out of place. You know, you can use fish out of water. You can come up with the expression, but come up with a missionary in a sales bullpen is about as far out of place as I was. (laughs) So if you guys, if you've ever seen a movie like Wolf Wall Street, The Boiler Room, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, you name it. I was interested. so I, I didn't swear since high school. OK, mm-hmm. so here I was, I was in my mid 30s and I'm being reintroduced to words I haven't used in over 15 years and they were just commonplace. And so, I, you know, not that it's a bad thing. I'm not against swearing. I mean, I'm a big fan of sure. Gary Vee. Um, <laughs> right. It's the message. Right. And I can yep. get past the language. So I'm, I'm not offended at all. But it did mm-hmm. take a little getting used to. So i was failing miserably in the sales bullpen i mean i was so out of place Mm -hmm. i didn't know i have no business acumen i struggled and after several months of zeros and zeros and i've got the big scoreboards on each end of the bullpen Mm -hmm. there's my name on the bottom of the scoreboard next to a big fat zero right so i knew zeros were not good Mm -hmm. so one day on the way home after several months of this, I say, no, I, this is not working. I've got to go back to my roots. I was a big fan of, uh, the greatest salesman in the world. Yeah. And are you familiar with it? Yes. Very. Right. With the 10 scrolls. One yep. of the scrolls is I will greet each day with love in my heart or something along those lines. And that's where I was. I was so naive. Right. So I'm greeting the world with love. They're like, what are you closing, Harry? So I say, no, I'm going to go back to this place of serving and see if I can make a success out of it. So that was the start of really selling with dignity, coming from a place of service. And uh, so it was a long career, but that's really how it started. What's your yeah, does that answer the question?
1: Or you- absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So I mean, there what because it seems like sometimes you know people have a huge aha moment and they just kind of take off from there, and that's and that's like a key moment in their in their career and quite frankly in their life too. And I think that especially with you, you could say that it was a big moment. Not oh only my goodness, spirit, but in your life
0: yeah absolutely. I mean, it just totally changed. I mean, from going to the point of quitting and saying this wasn't for me, even though I wasn't going to quit, uh, mm-hmm. they probably would have fired me, <laughs> so I don't think I would have kept it up with the zeros for yeah. uh, two months longer right and sales uh, zeros are not good. So no. uh, are you, so you're familiar with the greatest salesman in the world? Yes, sounds like so uh, can
1: I ask what you got out of that book? Yeah, just I mean, just that it's a, well, well, it's been a long time since since I've read it, but I do think that anyone who is a salesperson should 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 read that because it, it just you know just that idea of of actually serving and mm-hmm. and something that that we're going to talk about uh in in a little bit just in terms of removing almost removing yourself and your needs from the equation so that so that you can really help someone who really does need help and you know that your product services or, or whatever can deliver and really help that person. And just how do you communicate that so that you could serve them essentially?
0: Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. 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 So even though we haven't read it, it's like we lived it, right. We haven't read it in a while. I mean, you, you end up living it if they strike a chord with you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of people may just kind of stumble into this without, really reading the book and and are actually living the book without knowing that they're living the book basically so
0: exactly that's so true
1: and i'm not talking about the finger snappers and the hey you know they always be closing types yeah all right abc close close, close them like a garage door yeah (laughs) yeah like that that type of thing uh i just got the chills on that no please (laughs) no that's not me That's funny. That's great. So uh, um, so speaking of ABC and closing like a garage door, one of the things that you say is that people can can be, or salespeople rather, can be dignified with their approach. How do they a- achieve that and get out of that ABC mentality?
0: Yeah. So I, I think it really becomes just viewing the person across from you as a regular human being, a person that has a family struggles in life values they're probably best friends with somebody and we just treat them like a you know a commission uh, and we in general in sales right we just want their mm-hmm. money i remember listening to their conversations i don't know if there's movies sales trainers somebody saying you have the money we want it right that was really the mindset and it's just like mm-hmm. that is so disrespectful of people uh, mm-hmm. that sales, and Anthony Annarino, I'm sure you're familiar with him, um, yeah. he talks about sales is not something you do to somebody, it's what you do for somebody. I wish I read Anthony's book years ago, but it's relatively new, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. the, the concept is there, right? Treat people with respect. They have challenges. They want to work with somebody that actually cares about them, and they see us. They I mean, we, you know, Larry Levine talks about commission breath. Uh, yeah. they, they can smell it. They see us. They know what we're after. And when we actually show we care, right, that we're actually concerned about the, their welfare, the welfare of their company, and let them make a decision to buy versus trying to close, then we're bringing sales into a dignified world where we're out to help and serve and they reciprocate because they see that and they say you know this bob woods guy i want to work with him because he genuinely cares about my business what's your what's your take on that
1: yeah that's huge i mean yeah so i mean i think the old the whole idea of letting someone letting the, the the prospect come to their own conclusion that this is something that they need rather than trying to cram it on the protein right. <laughs> ABC yeah. Yeah. is, you know, is, is I think key. And I think that one of the reasons why people are so turned off when, when sales, when they're just dealing with salespeople in general is because they have the mindset that the salesperson is going to be exactly. close, you know, close, close, close. And, um, and I think that when a salesperson comes from the mindset where, you're talking about, and quite frankly, what we talk about too, it makes us as those other types of salespeople really stand out and hopefully they will see that. And they'll want to do with business with us, not just because we have a great product or service, but because of us and because of the type of people that we are.
0: Right. So I liken it to uh, and I totally agree. Right. Um, so I liken it to the doctor. Right, you can go to a doctor that is the best. Right, has the best reputation, most knowledgeable. This doctor knows everything, and has zero bedside manner. Yeah. Right. So we've been there. Yeah. Right. We we know those zero there. bedside manner. And so, mm-hmm. do we want to hang out with them, or do we want to go find the country doctor that will get up in the middle of the night, come to our home? Right. May not have mm-hmm. the uh, Harvard you know degree, but. It's like the people that care are the ones we want to be around, right? Is that kind of the way you feel about
1: sales? Yeah, as well? absolutely 100%. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a couple doctors like that too. And it's like, mm, <laughs> I got to go back in and see this, this doc again, who you know, but they're really good, but you want to have a mix of both. And I think that that's what's really important. Um, so yeah, with that, exactly. there's another statement of yours that I like, and it really resonates I think with a lot of people out there that nowadays a lot of companies, especially medium and larger size companies, view their salespeople as, you know, robots who literally mechanically call, mechanically email. And there's little to no relationship building going on there. To me, it seems like companies are trying to uh tie in sales metrics directly into closed sales way too much with too little room to maneuver so like 100 you know 100 calls 100 outreaches should equal this which should equal this which should equal closed sales how can selling with dignity and empathy work within those metrics or do they work within yeah
0: man i'm i'm not a big fan of metrics i mean i get the fact that businesses they want to know and should know if the people they're investing in in sales are doing the work right i get that don't i mean i'm not saying that you should just not manage them and you shouldn't have any (laughs) idea right but i mean i use this example in the past where i was constantly being asked about metrics and our team was hitting numbers And we were doing very well, but the metrics overcame the results, right? The Mm. metrics became more important than the results. And so I was, you know, VP of sales. I'm a guy that rolls up the sleeves. I want to be out in the field with my people. That's who I am, right? I come from this place of service. Mm -hmm. I was getting calls in the middle of the day to know, to give a report on what the metrics were. And I'm like, that's not what I'm getting paid for, right? You want me to go out and produce, help these people produce, you know, build up our client base mm. and all that. Well, I eventually it got to the point where it, you know, the metrics won, right? And Harry Spade, mm. I actually thought that sales was going down by the wayside, that robots this would all be part of AI and yeah. no one would need to have any skills. That's where I was thinking sales was going. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you have similar thoughts or I see yeah. some
1: nodding I mean, going on here? The whole AI thing is just another can of worms that I s- still see coming. But, you know, can can AI build a relationship? I, You know, I mean, yeah. it can it can spit out scripts. It can, you know, use that artificial intelligence to potentially guide a conversation or whatever you want to call it towards you know, towards a certain thing, but, but, but can it really build a relationship? Can it really bring dignity to the sale? And yeah, they don't know. I I I think think the answer is no. (laughs) I think it takes people.
0: Right. I mean, I think there's value in some, right. But as long as we're working on the relationship, so getting back to your question is that I would look at people who hit their numbers and had very Poor metrics versus people that hit the metrics number had poor uh, results. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what would you rather have? Right? Would you rather have results or would you rather mm-hmm. have metrics? And, you know, the answer is, well, I'd rather have metrics and results.
1: Yeah, that's what of, everybody's going to say.
0: Of course, right? Yeah. But you're in sales, you've got to look at the animals that we are. In Mm -hmm. general, we're people, people. We're not students. I'm not not saying that's an excuse, but we're not people that love spreadsheets and data. We want to be in front of people. We want to be in the mix, right? We like to dress a certain way. We like to laugh. We like to have camaraderie. We want that whole social experience going on. And you have those people versus the people just very analytical just want to dot every eye that will clean out every email in their inbox right they'll mark them all yep. as red they'll delete them it'll be perfect they'll have perfect emails no sales results right i will take the people with the sales results and i think any business owner would take the sales results over the clean inbox right no questions there so how does that translate? So you're looking at two very different types of people. Is there a way we, where we can make the person who is hitting numbers results wise to be better with the metrics, maybe provide a little guidance, maybe a virtual assistant, maybe somebody to help with the metrics part? Because that person's yeah. working, right? They don't have to make 800 calls a week to get their numbers. Right. Why, why are they successful? What do they know? Versus the person that's just pounding the phone, Everyone's sales is a numbers game to these people. I get passionate, so I'm sorry, right? When I I hear sales is a numbers game, it's like, I can be deaf, dumb, and blind, probably not the best expressions anymore, but I just say the same thing over and over again, expecting to hit a number, and it just doesn't work, right? Bad is bad.
1: Yep, definition of insanity. Yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. So... Mm -hmm. I know, I
1: know you agree with me on this. Tell me, what's your thought on this? Just, just, I mean, I don't think I really need to make an additional comment there because everything (laughs) you said was 100% spot on there. 100%, Harry. Right. So So, if um, we
0: take,
1: I'm sorry. So to work in the magic
0: a, a little bit, I would take the winners. The results, I'm, you know, again, I, mean, the people that are hitting the results, and celebrate them, right? Even though it's, you know, it goes against the norm about the numbers, but it's going to show people that are just number conscious that the real value in the business is the results, right? It's the sales, mm-hmm. so. We've got to be better at that, so let's celebrate that type of person that is great on the results and ask them to work with the numbers people to help with simple things, right? Showing yep. empathy. Why are they successful? Give some sales guidance, right? You know, Let them teach something in you know, like a sales training or something. That is that works in uh, in harmony with what the the goals are of the business. But at the end of the day, people are hiring salespeople to produce results, not to produce metrics. Metrics, right? And so then, and that that's where hmm. selling with dignity fits in. It's getting better at the skills and the empathy, so that our tone, right, the things that we do now become more. Uh, relatable to
1: people versus mechanical,
0: and everything exactly. about metrics is mechanical, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so why don't you take us through that process, just really, really quick? On and maybe calling it a process is isn't the the right thing, but um, you know, selling with dignity, developing what salespeople need to do to sell with dignity while at the same time selling, I guess, is probably the, the, yeah. the best way to put it.
0: Yeah. I mean, so it, every, selling with dignity, it definitely has a process. It's like every other sales process in general,
1: looking to up your LinkedIn game. The social sales link team has you covered with our LinkedIn sales accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details again that's socialsaleslink.com slash in
0: except that you are now coming from a place of serving so mm-hmm. much of sales is mindset right okay so people who are in sales will recognize things like you've got to be up you've got to be positive if you're negative then people are going to recognize that they're going to sense the negativity so we get all of that in sales i'm venturing to say people got me over the years and they get a lot of other people when they come from a place of serving just like the doctor with a good bedside manner that stuff people get early on there's a connection that goes on so all along the way in the sales process i suggest is that you find the human connection you pick up the tones you you ask someone for 60 seconds you know to make your call if they hesitate if you you start you have a little banter you say i promise i won't i, I this will not be a life and death experience right you have some fun with it you you show your humanity. You recognize that when people are busy and they say, look, Harry, I'm really busy. We don't try to talk through that. We say, mm-hmm. I get it. I understand what busy is like. I've been busy before. When is a good time to follow up? Would later today at three o'clock be okay? And by saying that, getting the person off the hook, giving them a chance is better than trying to overcome and a, a rejection, an objection where the person is legitimately busy. So there's right. different things that people can do that show the human element. Right. So if yep. uh, you walked up to someone on the street or wherever you're in a restaurant, you name it, you're having a conversation and someone says, look, I'm really busy and they look at you like, don't talk to me. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I'm going to go next. And then just, but the the way I feel that we can still work in sales is ask when is a good time to follow up, because now we're showing that we're listening, we recognize they're busy, and we're being polite. And I think personally, I've had more success than with those types. And that way, than just let me just plow through it, knowing that you're really busy and really disrupt your day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. what, what's your I know that's yeah. different. So, no, it's, that... I think it definitely fits in great. What I'm imagining right now is is someone who is saying to themselves, well, I'm already like that. You know, I'm I'm dignified in my approach. I, you know, I, I have dignity. But yet and, and I'm sure you talk to these people all the time. But when you talk to them, when you're dealing with them it's you're thinking to yourself yeah you're really not like this and i know that you're not like this even though that that you think that you are how do you deal with that with those people who think they are but but they're really not,
0: right? Yes. So you have the because nobody wants to admit it, say that they're not selling with dignity, right? Oh, right. I love the title of the book. We're <laughs> I'm like that. I'm already like that, so I don't need to read the book. It's like fine, you know. And you know, it's like I'm already perfect, and I don't need to like read anymore either. So, and you know, some people said I know all of this when they've read the book. And there's nothing new, and it's like okay, it's fine. You're probably not for me. The thing that I'm looking for is is always to be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I get excited at my age that I still want to be better. I want to be a better dad, I want to be a better husband, I want to be a better sales leader, I want to be a better you know, contributor to the community, you name it, I'm looking to be better. Some people Mm -hmm. just aren't. They're all set, they're all set, and they can say whatever they want. This is not for them. It's for the people who truly want to be better and to be a better person, right? So my hidden message, Bob, in selling with dignity is Mm -hmm. you can't sell with dignity if you're not living with dignity. My whole big spiritual mission purpose in life is Mm -hmm. to show that sales treating others with dignity is living with dignity. So, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Somebody will say, I'm a great listener. So, when they're listening to me, they want to interrupt. They won't let me finish. They want to argue, right? They don't get the whole, let me come from where Harry is. Let me be empathetic and say, you know, is Harry, is his background different? Because Harry clearly thinks different than I am. Is it different? should i try to listen coming from harry's perspective or whoever you're talking to right whether that be our kids whether it be someone we work with someone that reports to us we just expect that they get it because we do and we listen and say yeah you're wrong we're going to do it this way clap our hands and just say let's go all right get on board or get out and I gotta admit, I've had those conversations where that's where I—that was my reaction. Mm-hmm. But in life, you you have to get better, and it's like, well, that doesn't go over well all the time. So let me try coming from where they are, and mm-hmm. finding out where they are. You know, like and an example I use is maybe I was born, and we have a hundred chapter book, and maybe I was born, and I automatically was on chapter twenty. Someone else was born, and they're on chapter seventy-three because they had incredible parents, great upbringing and so forth. Someone else can be in chapter three. So for right. order for the person that was born in chapter three, kind of raised by wolves, a little humor, but you know, whatever the difference of the background is, in order for mm-hmm. them to get to chapter 20, it's like moving mountains. In order for mm-hmm. me to get from chapter 20 to chapter 73, it's moving mountains. I yep. may not relate to the person who is in chapter 90 and gets everything, So they have to, when they say something to me, in order for them to be empathetic, they have to understand where I'm coming from. So when people say, I'm a good listener, what they're really saying in general is I hear words. I hear noises, right? I see dead (laughs) people. I mean, it's it's comedy when someone says, I'm Mm -hmm. a good listener, because nobody Mm -hmm. who is a good listener says i'm a good listener i'm a good listener right we say we need to be better we're always looking to be better i can't tell you how many times i interrupt people and then i go i'm still not there right so that's just one example where people will say i've got it and then the others are you know i closed this person took a ton of money made a ton of profit it's like yeah it's all selling with dignity right there <laughs> you
1: know it's just yeah. the
0: exact opposite Right. Mm -hmm. It's not what we talk about. So that's kind of where I'm at. I let people grow and they're not they're not in the same chapter I'm in. Um, And maybe one day they'll pass me, but I just take it with a smile and say, you know what? Keep learning. Right. That's the message.
1: Absolutely. And 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 you just mentioned, you know, closing and, and, and get to to the close and everything. But there are ways that salespeople can help after the sale as as well. I'm wondering if you can get into that a little bit. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I appreciate you asking that is when I I'm not sure if you've seen this once or twice, but (laughs) people talk about I want I want my customers to love me. After the sale, what happens? What happens to sales rep post sale to according to the customer? They move move on, on. right? And in fact the customer will say, I remember hearing this because I, again, I didn't come from the sales world, right? I was the anti salesperson So mm-hmm. people would say to me, like, what are you doing? You already made the sale. Customers were saying this to me. What are you doing? You already made the sale. Why are you here? I said, because I want to make sure everything goes perfectly. I want you yep. guys to adjust to whatever it is that I was selling and love it. Right? I didn't yep. think anything about creating raving fans. I just felt like I wanted them to really enjoy the investment they made. So post-sale, a simple thing is not calling and saying, how's everything? Everything is fine. People are going to say that, right? But you're not going to create raving fans by calling and asking how Mm -hmm. everything is. Go there, bring some pizzas. You know bring some bagels light up the room you know thank people for the business go around Mm -hmm. if you're selling whatever that other people are using it ask what they need how can you make the experience better what questions have come up that is going to create raving fans right and so you know other things like you're big into social selling right and i can't wait as we have this conversation I mm-hmm. tell people all the time is, how are you providing value to your customers after they bought? And I said, well, what what are they doing on LinkedIn? How can you provide a value on LinkedIn? It's like, I don't know, I could uh, tell them I'm selling something else. It's like, you know, just comment on their post, yes. right? Just comment, four words. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Harry Spate for, or that's you know, six words. Thank you, Harry Spate yeah. for your post.
1: Mm-hmm. That,
0: provides traction so people who are posting yeah. they want someone to come on their posts so the algorithms get things moving right is, it, is that what you guys teach so uh, yeah. 100 so, 100 so a simple thing to provide value and i find out most salespeople are like are you are you connected to your clients no they they don't <laughs> accept my invitation
1: i wonder okay. why
0: oh well, yeah how about follow them you can comment yeah. on their follows, right? But if they don't yeah. accept your invitation, that's because they think, what? What do they mm. think? That you're just going to sell more crap to them and that's not yep. what they want. Exactly. So, yeah. so the, exactly. the simple things are you know, post-sale follow-up, make it a great experience, and then even, I'd say, visit the business, recommend the business on social media. So much you can do that provides value. And people are going to look at you and say,
1: this Bob Woods guy is a
0: genuine fan, it's, right? Yeah. What's your take?
1: It's a lot easier to make a fan when you are already a fan. And and I think that that definitely gets proven out here. And then if you're commenting on something, it, it helps even more to like, you know, identify something in the post that you agree with, maybe even ask a question Mm -hmm. based on the post or if they link to an article or, or something like that. I mean, thank yous are good. Don't, don't get me wrong. But if you want to take things, even that one step deeper, that's a really good way to do it. And it really doesn't take a lot more time besides you're already typing. Thank you into the box. You might as well, you know, just add that little bit of extra thing. It'll take what 30 seconds to do. So it really doesn't take a lot more time to really interact and maybe even start a conversation within the post that can lead to another phone call about something different, you know? I mean, yeah. you just never know. It's it, it's all about conversations and selling with dignity. People are gonna want to talk to you more, more than likely, unless they they you know, unless their personality just isn't like that. But most people aren't like that. They will want to talk with someone. Who they like and because you're selling with dignity you should be in that position already
0: yeah i mean uh if, if someone is posting they'll probably want to speak right especially about yeah, the topic and exactly. we could, again providing value could be i love the message right that mm-hmm. you just put out and I want to better understand it so I can maybe help promote it, right? I mean, you may not, but at least have the conversation and shows that you're not, I mean, what's that, a 10-minute conversation? Yeah. It doesn't have to be an hour. It can be a few minutes, just, and, you know, maybe it's just a little back and forth on the DM, but you're now showing
1: genuine, and and don't fake it. We'll know when you're faking. I mean, anyone will know when you're faking. Exactly
0: yeah because i mean that just comes out um but if you're you genuinely care about people and i think sometimes people struggle with that because they don't genuinely care so what do you do in that situation what's your thought on that when people who are in sales or in business don't necessarily care about other people how what do you say to them or
1: just try to find any type of commonality that you might have with someone else. And that's gonna take some questions and that's definitely gonna take a little bit of talking to. But if you do it in that in that gen, genuine, dignified way to really find you know at least one commonality, that'll make future conversations a lot easier. And then you'll just gradually start to care because, mm-hmm. because you have the commonality, something that you care about and the other person cares about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think of people who say, well, I'm not really a people person. And, you know, they'd much rather just hide behind emails, never Mm -hmm. answer the phone if they didn't have to. But even in conversations with these people, I say, what do you like about sales? And they'll say, well, I like helping people. Right. So they may not be people, people per se, but they'll still say, I like helping people. Once you say that, you may not love people, but Mm -hmm. look for ways that you can help them. And sometimes it's just getting out of our comfort zone and being polite and asking them a question about what's important to them is helping too. It's not just being a great customer service. Yeah, And and that could be
1: the commonality right there too. So, um, so speaking of all these general types of things, if you can give us just one success that you've had with a client, you know, considering everything that, that, that we've just been talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I've worked with people who make calls <laughs> and they do a lot of outbound calls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of it's 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 not always the most comfortable thing to do for a living. Sure. Right. Um, but I worked with a person recently and just coming from the mindset of we're here to serve. We don't need to sell on the first call. Make it so that the next call is better. Make it so that the third call will be even better. So instead of trying to close for a meeting on the first appointment, build better relationships on the the first call. Instead of trying to close Mm -hmm. for a meeting on the first call, start laying a foundation where trust can be built so that the next call, so that I look at calls as appointments, I don't right. look at calls as something separate as inferior to an appointment. The appointment is like the ultimate. You need more appointments. Yeah, so many people. Yep. Well that first conversation is incredibly important. And then the mm-hmm. second one. So when do you do you want to dismiss those? and just say only the appointments count. when you could be building a huge funnel of great conversations, Uh, And it it changed the person's outlook completely on their outbound calling. Yes. So, I mean, the results, I I can't measure the results yet. But what I can measure is that the person's outlook on the job changed dramatically because now every conversation became valuable, right? Versus only the ones that closed with an appointment. And then the trust is built. The follow-up emails are being sent, thanking people for the time they gave us versus years ago. We wouldn't, you know, it's like if I didn't get an appointment on somebody with a phone call, I felt like it was a lost call. Now we Mm -hmm. see the value in that the relationship is starting to be built, even when someone's not interested, but being respectful, sending a message, thanking them you know, providing some value, maybe even connecting with them or following them on LinkedIn. There's a lot, especially if it's a targeted account, there's a lot of good that could come from that. Is that, what's your thought on this one? That is,
1: that's amazing. All, all that was, was just absolutely amazing. And you're right. I mean, it's the, the one thing that I got out of that was, you know, everyone's thinking about, you know, booking the meeting, booking the meeting. Well, follow up phone calls before a meeting, is, are, are, are just as important. So, I mean, you know, people put meetings way up here and calls way down here. There's got to be much more of, of an equilibrium there because calls build relationships. And then obviously, you know, the, the actual meeting can take things to the next level. But if you don't have the work or whatever you want to call it before the next level, the meeting's not going to be as good.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you're, I think that if you have the right perspective of it, that your funnel, right? Sales funnel, whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, your foundation for future Mm -hmm. conversations just keeps getting better and better versus one and done, not interested next, not interested. See, that's where the mechanical sales is a number game fits in and having conversation with someone that thought that way and then, turning it around saying look this first call and the second call are extremely valuable because that's an account that may take three years to get in and we still want to get in in three years yeah we can't wait for three years and call then and expect to get in Yep. right so this is this is a labor of love to some degree Absolutely. right and Absolutely. if we treat it right then good things i i always believe if you do things the right way with the right motives good things will happen
1: that is a perfect way to end the conversation that's that's just amazing so uh, your book, Selling with Dignity, your formula for life-changing sales results. Tell us a little bit more about that of uh, uh, about the book. Obviously, I think we we've, we've talked a decent amount about what's what's in the book already, but why don't you just give us a, a little more detail on that?
0: Yeah, so the book. Thank you for asking. The book has got 26 chapters of the everyday things that we need in sales. Where where do we come from in the first place? What kind of place is it taking or giving? you know, to starting conversations, to be an empathetic listener, to not being afraid to asking for the business, um, having, you know, positive attitudes about yourself, getting rid of dead weight inside of your mind, right? You know, where yeah. there's negativity, negative people, So all of these things, I feel like people could pretty much open the book. And the way I wrote it is that they're short chapters. You could open the book. And there's a way I like to sometimes get a spark and just turn Mm -hmm. to a page and say, I needed that. Right. I'm going to be a better empathetic listener or I'm going to listen, watch this story that Harry talks about where he was in the Dominican Republic And people were offering him fruit juice made out of river water. And people were getting sick with amoebas. And my peers were saying, no, I can't drink your gift because it makes me sick. I learned that saying that does not really, that's not empathetic, right? You're you're rejecting someone's gift. So Mm -hmm. I I took that and had some fun with it and learned how to speak better with tact and tie that into sales so I take Mm -hmm. all of these stories that I learned in the mission field and said you know there's a sales story here and so that's what the book is it ties in the whole giving serving mindset with actual stories and bring it into the world of sales and I 100% believe you put this stuff into practice even the simple things about being an empathetic listener your life will be better and your
1: sales will be better so if, if you want all that, and I really don't know why you wouldn't, but if you want all that, hopefully you do, uh, you can go to harryspate.com. That's Harry and then S-P-A-I-G-H-T.com. And you can order Selling with Dignity, your formula for life-changing sales results. You can order it directly from the website. So Harry, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate it. Oh man, you guys are doing great work,
0: Bob Woods. You oh, know the whole you. social selling thing is is a big part of selling with dignity, right? And yeah, I uh, wish agree. we could uh, touch on that more. But uh, by all means, this is a big part of your life, and I uh, in sales and in business is the social aspect. And make sure that you're listening in on what Bob is teaching and give <laughs> his podcast
1: some reviews. Five Uh, stars,
0: reviews. Bob will love it.
1: Six Six stars. stars. (laughs) So I I just, I want to thank you for streaming this episode of Making Sales Social. And remember when you're out and about this week, be sure to make your sales social. And because of this episode, we're going to change that to Make Your Sales Social and with dignity. Thank you. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors, bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social Podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website socialsaleslink.com for more information.